Come on. Man, that was uh, an amazing video. Um, I'm so thankful that we are part of a family of churches that believe in the next generation. Like, man, we invest in, and believe that God wants to do something in their life and transform every area of their life now. Not 10 years from now, not when they get married, but now. So, man, just go ahead and just give it up for our, our students as they're walking out to get, go to their life group. Yes. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Austin. I'm one of the pastors here at Luminous Church, and I'm excited to be with you this morning. I'm excited that y'all came to church. Um, yeah, come on. We got a couple. Woo! That's amazing that you, you would come and, and be here. I know it's hard to get in these comfy chairs, you know? Um, but if this is your first time, welcome. We've been in this series, as you see, called 75 Hard, where the goal is to become spiritually formed, as you read, but by applying these spiritual disciplines that we know that God has called us to incorporate in our lives, to, to really be able to see the more that he has for us. I believe that there's just, there's more, that God is limitless, and because of that, there's always more that he has, that he never, you know, depletes of resources in what he has for us. In the last couple weeks, we, we went over uh, Sabbath. Pastor Edgar did an amazing job talking about Sabbath rest. Uh, then um, one of our campus ministers, Will Galloway, spoke on scripture reading. And then last week, Pastor Ben talked about prayer and journaling. So, man, and so this is what is amazing. I love that what we get to do at our church. And I want to encourage you this morning, really, just to write this down. I think this is really key, not just for today's message, a message, but for all the messages in this series. And this is what I want you to write down, that next-level breakthrough comes from next-level discipline. Yeah, let that, let that sink in a little bit. Next level breakthrough comes from next level discipline. That we need to incorporate some disciplines in our life if we're really believing that God is going to do something new to transform us, to take us to this next level that he's called us to. This morning, before we, we dive into our text, I really wanted to start off praying. I mean, I, I, I'm so thankful that we, I've sensed the Lord in this place Man, I'm amazed about the video we watched. Man, Lene had me bawling up here in the front. I wasn't trying to be here red nose this morning. But I really want to pray because I believe that God has something for us. And if we would decide just to, to come humbly before his throne of grace and mercy, that you will really see who he really is and how much he really loves you. And he does not want to leave you the same. Father God, we thank you. First and foremost, because you are good. That you are good and you are God and you sit on a throne. Whether I decide to put you there or not, you're still on the throne, Father. So, Lord, we come to you this morning to meet with you, to say to help us, to say to help us in our situations, because we know we can't do this alone. And we need you in all things. And the church said, Amen. Well, guys, have you ever been in a situation that you did everything you were supposed to do? Like you, you went by the books, you did everything you're supposed to do, but you, you still couldn't get it right. 
Like, man, like things just didn't work out the way they should, right? Like, man, you, you did everything step by step by step, and yet it just did not work for you, but it worked for everyone else. Or maybe you felt just spiritually stuck. And have any of y'all been there? Come on, like, I've, man. Like, you've been coming to church, right? You made it, you came to church. Man, you've been praying. You've been reading your Bible most days, you know? Most days, maybe not all the days, but most days. But you still feel like you're missing something. Like, man, I just don't, I don't but I don't know what it is. Like, I, I just know that something is missing. You know, uh, like for many of us, you know, 2020 was not the best of years. Uh, I honestly believe really what the pandemic did was just amplify things which was already below the surface. You know, it just amplified everything. You know, and, it, and for me, it was, I was just overwhelmed with depression. I'm going to be very frank this morning. I was overwhelmed with depression. I've never felt depression quite like this until previously before I came to know Jesus. Some of y'all may know my story. I was actually on the verge of suicide when Jesus showed up physically in my room. And that day forever marked my life. But I felt stuck. I was exhausted. I was coming to church. I was serving. I was giving. I was just doing everything that I know to do, what the Bible calls me to do. But yet, this, I just feel like there's nothing, this thing was just not shaken. It's not shaken off. It just had this hold on me. I was tired. I was overwhelmed. You know, the, the hardest part for me in that year was that, man, we, we had our, our first baby, our oldest daughter. Some of y'all may know her, Sayla. She just turned three this year. And I, I remember holding her and not feeling anything towards her. It's one of the hardest things as a, a parent to see your child and not feel anything. Man, I was desperate for God to do something. Man, I was desperate. Man, Lord, shake this off of me. Lord, do something. You know, from there, I, I decided to, you know, with wise counsel, go to counseling. And that was helpful, and that helped some. You know, she was born in May, and I remember it was like October, November. Like, things started turning around some, but then it was January 2021, our annual fast. We're at the end of that fast, man. This, this something just changed, man. This something, this, this thing, just was completely just off of me now. Like I just felt free. I felt joy. I felt excited. I felt connected to God. Like I, like I just was. Like when I first got to know God in 20, 2007. And this morning, we're going to look at biblical fasting, and how this may be the key to your next breakthrough. I really believe that, man, that, that God is wanting to shift and, and, and impart to you a discipline that will get you out of the place, that rut that you're currently in this morning. And we're going to look at a couple of things. This is how this morning is going to go. It's going to be two parts. The first part is going to talk about what is fasting. We're going to look at what it looks like. And then secondly, how is that relevant to my life, to our life today? Our main text is going to be in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. 
will be in chapter 17, and we'll be covering verses 14 through 21. This is our main text. This is what it says. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely. For he often falls into the fire and often into the waters. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. They could not cure him. Previously in Matthew 10, we, we see that man, Jesus has given his disciples the authority to cast out unclean spirits, to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. This is uh, 10 chapters previous to this moment, but yet the disciples did not see success. There was some opposition. There was some resistance. There was this place where they were stuck. And I, I want to look at well, what was that thing? That hindered them. What was that thing that prevented them to see what they've seen previously? Picking up, continuing on for our main text, verse 17 and 18. This is what Jesus answered and said. He said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And Jesus reveals two things right here in this text that really just shows what, was, what were those issues. The first thing was that, man, they're faithless, oh, faithless generation. And we're going to pretty define this as is not connected to God. In other words, is this, is that you, know, you can be in relationship, but not connected. How many know if that can be true? You can be in relationship, but not connected. Just ask any wife when your husband comes home and just pretends like you don't exist. You're in relationship, but you're not connected, Right. So you can be in relationship, but not connected. So the issue wasn't that the disciples were not in relationship with God, but they were not connected enough to God, the source of the, of the success that they seen previously. They became reliant on what they saw happen. Their expectations was grounded on what they did, their success, what happened before, and not their relationship with God. Because of this, they didn't see the demon-possessed boy be cured and free. Uh, PB said something amazing last week that really just echoed with me, and it said that people don't pray or write down their prayers because they don't trust God. And I want to say this this morning, that you trust what you're most familiar with. That you trust what you're most familiar with. And I say this confidently because I've ridden in some of y'all's cars and I've seen that yellow gaslight come on. <laughs> and I feel the car shaking and I'm looking at you and you look at me confidently and say, don't worry, I know my car. <laughs> like, man, I know my car. Don't worry, I got this. And I'm just in fear, like, man, we're about to be stuck on the side of the road. And here, you want me to trust you, but yeah, I, I know my car. And I think the, the, the issue, the problem is sometimes that we may know other things more than we know God. Yeah. That we may know our car more, more than we know God, because we're more familiar with the car than we spent time with God. 
And I'm just, I'm just being honest this morning. So I don't know about you, I've had tons of cars issues this year. Transmission went out, AC went out, all these things happening. But I never had God issues. I mean, God is faithful, he's good, and he is just. The second thing we see that keeps a person from seeing breakthrough that Jesus says in the text is that, that they're perverse. In other words, too connected to the world. And this happens when we allow our thoughts and feelings to have authority or supremacy over God. By indulging in earthly pleasures, by accepting societal norms, by putting faith in anything else. In other words, making an idol of anything else that is not God. And scripture says that we are supposed to be in the world, not of the world. Thank you. And let's, let's continue to, to look at the text, our main text, starting with verse 19. It says, Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we not cast it out? Why couldn't we cast it out? I mean, it's, it's, the key word is it's, it's private. I mean, they were embarrassed. And the thing is that you can have confidence, but yet not have results. And they, they were confident. They seen what they were able to do previously, but now they didn't have results, and so now they're embarrassed. And this is what Jesus says in verse 20. He says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here and to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by praying and fasting. Jesus gives two solutions here, that prayer and fasting is the solution. Jesus reiterates this in a couple verses before in Matthew 6. And it says this, he, he relays three norms of every Christian. He says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. It wasn't a question if, do I pray, do I give, do I fast, is when you fast. John Piper says this about fasting. He said, Christian fasting at its root is the hunger of a homesickness for God. A homesickness for God. Solomon would say this in Ecclesiastes 3.11. He says that, that God has placed eternity in our hearts. And if that's the case, my soul longs to be in communion with God and is never going to be at rest until I'm in that state of unity in the presence and in intimacy with God the Father. So we stated earlier that, that we are not connected to God enough, and yet we're too connected to the world. Let's see how Jesus addresses this solution. He says that prayer, and PB, Pastor Ben did an amazing job talking about prayer last week, connects us to God. Where faithlessness disconnects us from God. And Pastor Ben and Will did a great job talking about the importance of praying and scripture reading. And a common thing I've heard on a college campus is this, is that, man, I can't hear God. Or maybe, man, God doesn't speak to me. But yet their, their Bibles are closed and their lives are absent of a consistent prayer life. And this is where we engage God into a relationship there in these moments. See, fasting disconnects us 
from the world. Secondly, in a fasting is one of the least known and practiced disciplines in the church. Like we know fasting and when we go, you know, get a surgery and we know we have to fast for 24 hours. But man, fasting is one of the least things that we do biblical fasting in the church. I mean, fasting is mentioned over 70 times in the Bible. Here's a couple passages here, several passages here. Exodus 34, 28 is the first time fasting was mentioned. Moses on Mount Sinai, when he receives the Ten Commandments, gets fastings, uh, fasting in this moment. So we see that it's evident and it's important, but it has to be done correctly. It has to be done correctly. Believe it or not, you can waste your time fasting if you're not doing it right. In other words, you can just be starving yourself because it has to be for a spiritual purpose. See, this is what fasting is not. Fasting is not, not eating so we can shed a couple pounds, getting them jeans. You know, it's not showing how miserable we are while fasting. Oh, man, man, Austin, you look terrible. Oh, yeah, I'm fasting today. Yeah, it's been rough. No, Matthew 6, Jesus talks about the attitude we should have towards fasting. It's not an opportunity to spiritually flex on among others. And fasting is intentionally disconnecting from the world by replacing an earthly pleasure with praying and scripture reading. That's what it is. We have to replace something with the Bible, with reading the word in scripture reading. Now, why is it relevant to us, right? Why, how does this affect me today? The first thing is that it increases our intimacy with God. It increases our intimacy. You, you're never more closely to God. You'll never be more close to God than when you deprive yourself or your flesh in order to strengthen your spirit because God is spirit. I mean, God is spirit. Secondly, it's to pursue purpose. Man, there's been many moments in my life that I, were, I was uncertain about the next step. Like, man, what should I do? Like, man, should I go here? Should I do this? I remember when I was in Santa, uh, Austin. I lived in Austin before I moved here. And there was this moment after a college conference. I came back that summer. I felt like, man, that man, God did an incredible work there. And I just felt like, man, I'm supposed to be somewhere else doing something else, but I just don't know what that is. So I fasted. And God told me to move to San Antonio. There was a moment when I, once I moved here, I, I started our campus ministry at UTSA. And after I graduated my, bio, my biology degree, I was wanting to go to med school. This has been a dream of mine my entire life, you know. And, and there was this moment where I just like, even though this is still a desire of mine, I just felt like, man, God, this is not what God wants. So I fasted and the Lord called me into the ministry. And then I, there was this moment where I saw this a beautiful, amazing woman, and I'm like, man, what's her name? And, man, I started to get wise counsel and started fasting to say, Lord, man, is this who you have for me? And now that's my amazing, beautiful wife, Tori, Tori Victoria. And currently, every Monday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., I fast for our campus, I fast for our church, and I fast for our city. So some of you all currently have a lot of big decisions coming your way, and you're asking everyone else, hey, what do you think I should do about this? Hey, do you think I should get this promotion or get this job? Should I move here? Should I buy this truck? I got this raise. You know, should I pursue this girl or this guy? And you're asking everyone else, 
But yet God is saying, you never came to me. You never sought out my counsel to get clarity. You never pursued purpose with me for me to give you everything you need to know. You haven't came to me. Thirdly, it breaks bondage. See, fasting doesn't change God, but it changes you. It weakens the flesh in order to break the strongholds of your life. Some of you have been in the same cycle over and over again. You've been in, you have maybe various addictions. Maybe there's ill thinking or bad thoughts. You prayed about this on several occasions and have not seen any breakthrough. You felt defeated and you just feel like, man, this is something I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. I'm here to tell you, fast. Fast, like Jesus said in our main text, this kind will only go by prayer and fasting. Number four, fuels faith. You want to see your faith go to the next level, make fasting a discipline in your life. Earlier I said next level breakthrough comes from next level of discipline. When next we just briefly look at this nine motivations for fasting in the Bible. The first one is to prepare for ministry. Jesus did that in, in Matthew 4 when he went out to the desert to seek God's wisdom, to seek God's power and protection, to express grief and mourn, to engage in spiritual warfare, to repent and turn to God, to seek God's power and victory, to worship God, to seek God's favor in desperate situations. And I, I'm sure that we can all relate to at least one of these. That we can all relate to at least one of these. And the question is, are, are you willing to disconnect yourself from the world in order to increase intimacy and build trust of God? The last thing we're going to look at is the four types of fast. The first one is a complete fast, and this is a strictly, it's eliminating any solid food and just going liquid only. Secondly, it's a selective fast where you're removing things from your diet. So whether it's like, hey, I'm not going to eat cookies this week, sweets this week. You know, in the Bible, we have the Daniel fast, and you can see what that looks like. Thirdly, it's a partial fast when you're just eliminating one or more meals in a day. And lastly, it's a soul fast when you are removing a pleasure from your life and, and really focusing on God during that time. So it can be TV, it can be gaming, it can be social media, it can be crypto for your crypto heads out there. Well, the question is, now what? Now what? Now what is we fast? We, as a church, we, we, we fast. Last Sunday, Pastor Ben shared some amazing news. Amazing news about the contract on the land that we hope to get, that we hope to sign tomorrow. Come on. Yes. If, if some of y'all have been following us and know the story, like this is a miracle from God. And, man, one of the things that we need to do is we need to come in agreement. We've prayed. We prayed. We prayed on the land. We prayed on the prayer call. We've been praying for the last several years for a place. And this is potentially it. And now it's time for us to fast. It's time for us to fast. We have a fasting guide on our link tree, and you can scan this, the QR code that will be up in the screen as well. 
And I, I want to remind you of this, is that, man, the, the fast tomorrow, I'm, I'm inviting you to fast with me tomorrow from 8 to 5. You can decide which fast that is. We'll give, I'll have a moment here to pray about that. But remember this, that regardless what fast you do, you are to replace that pleasure with praying and reading your scripture, reading the verses. This is how we partner with God to see breakthrough. So before we take communion, let's take a moment and pray and ask God this question. God, what do I need to disconnect from in order to increase my connection with you? God, what is it that I need to disconnect from tomorrow in order to increase my connection with you? I'm just going to take a moment so I can pray that. Father, we thank you that you're faithful, that when we come to you and, and make a request because we want to be more like your son, that you answer, that you speak. God, I thank you for all those this morning who said, Lord, I want to, to receive the more you have, and I'm willing to fast and make this a discipline in my life, and I'm willing to fast tomorrow to see about what you're going to do with this land, God. God, we trust you, and we love you, Lord. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Guys, this morning, if you heard the Lord today, I want you to write that down. I want you to be obedient and take that step. Allow this discipline to really transform your life. And if at this moment, would you stand with me as we prepare our hearts for communion? have the instructions here on the screen but if you're new to luminous is how, how communion works it's, it's like this is that you would come down down these stairs here and you will stop at any one of these two areas and you will get a bread and you, you will dip it in the juice and then you will take it so and please don't drink from the cup and this is what it says in Matthew 26, 26 to 28. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take it and eat it. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he gave thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Lord God, we thank you for this bread that represents your holy and precious body that you sacrificed on our behalf in order for us to be reconciled to you, Father. God, and we, we thank you for this juice that reminds us of your, of your son's blood that was shed on the cross for us. We do this in remembrance of you.
Father God, we praise you for the work on the cross. Lord, we, we are amazed by how much you love us. Father, we, we come to you in repentance, in remembrance of you, what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.